in your Bible. I want to read for you out of the book of John, John chapter number four for just a moment. And then we'll turn to the book of Matthew chapter number nine. And uh, I'd like to uh, bring you a message tonight out of this portion of scripture. Now, some of you have already made a smart remark about me not having glasses on. Kazoon type. It's because during the deacon's meeting, it got extremely rowdy. And Brother Harper threw my glasses on the floor and Brother Ernie stepped on them. And so I could not come out here having a one-liner because I'm afraid it would have fallen off my nose or something. So I'm preaching tonight by memory. Now let's go home. <laughs> That's how long my memory is, all right. Some of you say, well, you're going to make a lot of mistakes reading. Well, I do that anyway. John chapter 4, verse 34. The Bible says, And Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Say not ye that there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes. Look onto the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages, and gathereth fruit unto a life eternal. Both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. Now to the book of Matthew chapter number nine and we'll read a portion of scripture there. We'll find our reading in verse number 35, please. Matthew nine, verse 35. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto the disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that will send forth laborers into his harvest. Our Father tonight, I pray that somehow, miraculously, spiritually, supernaturally, that maybe you could lift our spiritual eyes above the crowd and the noise and let us see spiritual harvest that needs to be reaped. I pray tonight in Jesus' name, amen. Could I make a suggestion to you tonight? I ask the deacons to do this. 
I'll have to get my wife to do it for me. But look at chapter 9 and verse 38. It says, Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. I'm going to ask my wife tonight when we get home and I find my phone to set two alarms on my phone. At 9.38 a.m. in the morning, I want my phone to remind me to pray to the Lord of the harvest that he had sent forth laborers and his harvest. I don't mean you got to spend three hours and 45 minutes yelling and asking God to send somebody by. But what would be wrong with your phone just buzzing or vibrating and that reminds you wherever you are, whatever you're doing, Lord, your church needs laborers for the harvest. And at 9.38 p.m., I know it's just before the news. You don't have to pray through the news. But what if your phone reminded you of the harvest fields that are white unto harvest, that's spoiling, dying, because of lack of labors in the harvest. 9.38 a.m., set your phone to remind you. I know some of you forget why it's ringing. That way you can call your wife and say, why is my phone ringing? Then both of you can pray to the Lord of the harvest that he'd send forth labors into the vineyard. You say, preacher, that's a dumb idea. Well, it's the best one I've had this afternoon, so it's got to be a pretty good deal. Now, if you don't care about people dying and going to hell, just sit on your phone. Just get on Facebook and Spacebook and everything else and gossip and put stuff on there that's not fit for a garbage can. But if you really care about people dying and going to hell, what's wrong with you being reminded twice a day? And when it goes off and when it reminds you, just say, Lord, would you send forth laborers into your harvest? Would you do that? Well, me and Brother Marshall's going to. Mine goes off. I'm going to start calling you and say, hey, did your phone go off yet? You say you wouldn't. Yes, I would. Let me ask you a question. What about the harvest? What about the harvest? What are we going to do about the harvest fields? Just keep driving by and looking at them and waving at them. 
Say, man, that's a good crop. I look like it's white already under harvest. Maybe we could wait four months. We'll get around to it and we get all of our stuff laid by and we get our crops all in a row. Maybe we might think about the harvest. What about the harvest? Is there another church in town going to care? Find me another church in Joshua It's trying to get kids, mom and dad saved. Find me another church in town that spends thousands and thousands of dollars a year for gasoline, bus repairs, and new buses, and air conditioning. And just, just show me someplace. And if you'll just show me that, I'll, I'll quit aggravating you about uh, the harvest field needs laborers. Somebody's got to keep your kids while others go to the harvest field. Somebody's got to teach your kids that God is real and the Bible's real and Jesus is coming back and Calvary's a real deal and sin is a real deal. Somebody needs to teach. Uh, let me ask you a question. What about the harvest? Who cares about the harvest? You know, I don't know about you, but modern day harvesting is not uh, very, very, very hard. You got multi thousand, hundred thousand dollars worth of combines and goes down the row. And I, my wife and I were puzzled. Why do they leave four rows of corn in every cornfield and don't pick it? You know? Why? Huh? You saw it too? I wonder if they shoot me if I went down and started picking corn. Has anybody noticed that in every cornfield they've harvested and combined, they leave four rows right someplace down the middle of the field and they just stand up real tall? Now, I, I, I don't know why they're doing that. My dad would have killed me if we'd have done that. But today, when you think about harvesting, whoop, hole in that, there's a hole there. We'll fix that hole next week, would you? When I was a kid, it wasn't, and you think about harvesting and you think about the wheat already to harvest, already white. And you, you think about the corn that's ready to harvest, the, the hay that's ready to harvest and the, whatever you're harvesting. But uh, in the Bible days, harvesting was hard work. They didn't get an air-conditioned John Deere like Ginger's got. <laughs> Kick back, turn that air conditioner on, take down through there and turn that audio on and uh, I'm just mad because mine ain't got video in it, but it's got audio in it. And, uh, you know, you think about these folk, when they went to harvest, man, that was an individual task. Uh, they did it with a with a sigh, I think it was, and they'd, they'd, they'd cut that wheat and they'd cut that barley or whatever they were cutting, and then they'd roll it up in bundles and tie it and and then they'd take it to the threshing floor and somebody would have to jump around on it to get all the grain out. And uh, you, you go back to this day and it was a tough job harvesting and because of the hard work probably, a 
A lot of Americans thought it was too hard to work, so they, they didn't go to work. They didn't harvest it. And Jesus said, uh, hey, guys, let's go harvesting. They said, well, it's four months till harvest. And Jesus said, no, no. You need to lift your eyes and look under the field for they're white right now to harvest. Even when I was a lad, well, that's been a while ago, harvesting was, was work. Today, I just go out to the ranch and I hook my John Deere tractor up to whatever I'm fixing to pull. I turn the air conditioner on and I put Brother Pickett's uh, uh, tape in there or the CD, whatever it is, whichever one he's made and he allow me to listen to. Uh, he's kind of got me on a diet on what I can listen to. He's super separated. I can't listen to anybody except Uncle Joe and Uncle Tom and and. And so I put that in there and I sit back in that bouncy seat. Yeah, I do. And set that steering wheel right where it fits my lap so I don't have to overexert myself, make sure that air conditioner's on, and I take off down through the field suffering for Jesus, what I do. But when I was a young'un, we had no benefits like that. We had to bring the hay in I'd do it with a pitchfork. And we cut it with a team of horses and let it dry and hook those same horses to a rake and go through the field and we'd rake that hay up and put it in a row and dump it in a row and then we'd come back with pitchforks and we'd shock that in the field. And then we'd hook those horses to a flatbed wagon and start pulling down between the shocks and pitchforks and load that on the wagon and that light wagon was heaped up with hay and take that hay to the barn and had to transfer that hay from that wagon up into the loft of the barn with pitchforks and ain't nobody volunteering to do that I mean it was work but if we didn't get the harvest in, we didn't survive. I plowed those cornfields, 10, 15, 20 acre cornfields, rows longer than Job's letter to the Hebrews down to those fields and chasing the wrong end of that horse and mule for days, just plowing down through there and and you got all the weeds out of the middle, there's still weeds between the corn. Daddy put that gooseneck hoe in my hand and said, Son, does that fit? <laughs> no, Daddy, I don't think this one's air conditioned. <laughs> well, he said, Get the well doing. If you don't get weary of well doing, keeping the weeds out, you'll reap. When harvest comes, it's hard work. Farming. You've seen the old pictures of the shocks of the corn in the field. You've seen that. Thanksgiving Day. How do you think them shocks got into the field? One stalk at a time with a corn knife and an arm and you cut it you grab another and you cut it and you take it to the center of the field and 
wrap it in a shock. And it would stand there all winter till it got to where you had time to go to the shock and break it apart one stalk at a time and rip the corn off, throw it in a pile, transfer it from the pile to the flatbed wagon with the horses to draw it to the barn to take it to the crib. None of this combine business. None of this air conditioning set back too hard of work for us today. Jesus is talking about work. Amen. He called them laborers. Maybe that's why we're having so few surrender. Maybe we retired drawing our pay. Letting the harvest die. Drop off into a Christless eternity. While we decorate our air-conditioned church. Think about what, how God has blessed us. What about the harvest? Is there anybody here? I think I lost everybody somewhere along the way. Harvest is hard work. It's done by many harvesters, not just a combine. Hey, the staff is not hard to reap the harvest. The staff is here to try to direct us into the harvest and to lead us into the harvest and be with us in the harvest but the staff is not paid to reap the harvest. We cannot allow the harvest to die. Many hours of work has gone in to the harvest. Oh, let me help you please. Notice verse 36 of Matthew 9. The Bible says this. Now watch this. It compares something here. And when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Multitudes. Multitudes. Well, I don't like all them Californians coming to Texas. Well, I'd rather try to win them in Texas than go to California and try to do it. God knows you could turn into something strange in California. If you're really not glued together right, you can do it. I hate to admit this. I ain't going to admit it. I don't even think it anymore. <laughs> but it's a bad deal when a Big man goes to impersonate in places and starts whistling at what he knows is not what he ought to be whistling at. Grain here is compared to souls. The comparison needs to be explained. Grain that is not reaped and not harvested at the right time spoils and is worthless. You do know that. Jesus is emphasizing 
the importance of the multitudes and compares the grain to the souls of men and there's no time to be complacent or to make excuse and maybe tomorrow might be too late. What about the harvest? Do you care about the harvest? Somebody cared for you. Somebody cared for me. Somebody knocked on my door. Somebody sat on my couch. Somebody confronted me with eternity and with Calvary. Somebody cared about my soul. What about the harvest? Several things in the text spoke to my heart. I don't like to preach on anything that God has not preached to me first. If we're not careful, we'll get complacent and just be churchites instead of born-again, blood-bought, sold-out kind of Christians. Amen? How many of you remember when our teenagers used to get kicked out of a Walmart parking lot for soul winning. Some of you who used to be teenagers was asked to leave Walmart because you're trying to win a cashier to the Lord. Kind of hard now. They got them self-checking deals. I refuse. Absolutely refuse. I'll stand there all day before I'll use one of them suckers they want my money, they need to earn it. Don't make me stand there in front of a dumb thing and try to answer stupid questions about whether my credit card is credit or what's the other kind? Debit. If I had any money in the dumb account, I wouldn't need credit. You never thought of that, had you? And if you're going to use debit, won't just pay cash. And here this dumb machine's asking an intelligent being like me, is this a credit card? Well, it looks like it. Is it a debit card? Don't say it is. I flat out refuse. I'll stand in line for 30 minutes to have one of them intelligent ladies look at me and says, credit or debit? <laughs> I don't know how smart that is. I just burn up 30 minutes, right? And answered the same dumb question. Is anybody listening tonight? That's the only thing you've listened to tonight, that silly little old story. I told you you hadn't said one thing. What about the harvest? Tell you we can sit around here and take our offerings and put the money in the bank and keep up all the air conditioners, and keep the walls painted, and act like we're really serving Jesus. All the while, we're looking for a combine because it'd be easier to harvest with a combine. And we'll do it with social media. We'll, we'll try to do it with a, some kind of fancy meeting. Uh, what about the harvest? 
Harvesting has always been hard work. And that's what we're running from, is hard work. He describes the reapers as laborers. Well, let me give you this because it's time to go. We've got to put the babies to bed. And I hope I'm the first baby she puts in bed because <laughs> I've whined enough, right? One, two, number one. What about the harvest? One thing. We need to see what Jesus saw. Number two, we need to feel what Jesus felt. Thirdly, we need to do what Jesus did. Would everybody agree? Now that's a deep sermon. All my sermons are so deep. We need to see what Jesus saw. The Bible says he saw the multitudes. He was moved with compassion. When he got to the well in John 4, he saw a wicked, sinful lady who needed the gospel. We need to see what Jesus saw. Before we moved to this building, while we were in the old building, it was said that 36,000 cars a day went in front of our church. 36,000 cars a day. 15 years ago. 36,000 a day. How many of those have died driving by a church that's so beautifully built and air-conditioned that needs laborers? Somebody who will work and not gripe. Somebody who will work because the harvest needs to be harvested. Somebody who will strive and somebody who will pray and somebody who will care and somebody who will weep. What about the harvest? The Bible said when he saw the multitudes, the wise man said without a vision... People perish. Amen. 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 Somebody had a vision. Mm-hmm. Somebody bought property with everybody saying, Don't buy property. Somebody bought buses because of the harvest. Where's the laborers? Well, I'm just too, I'm too spiritual. 
to be a bus worker, then may I say you're just too spiritual. Dr. Jack Hiles had two doctors, captains on a bus route. That's what you call a paradox. Why did we get too spiritual and too mature to care about the harvest? Regardless if they're old harvest or young harvest or girls or boys, I just, we've lost our vision. We're too busy complaining. We ought to be looking at the harvest. See, Jesus saw beyond the moment. Over in John chapter 4, verse 1 through 4, he said this, I must needs go through Samaria. You remember that? He saw beyond the moment. He saw before he ever left where he was that down yonder in Samaria is a is a wayward woman, confused, befuddled, and full of sin. She's had five husbands, and one she's got now is not her own. She must have been a looker. Either that or wasn't many women in Samaria. I bet she at least had teeth. (laughs) But he saw beyond the moment. He saw beyond the journey. He saw beyond the conflict of getting there. He saw beyond the racism. He saw beyond the situation. Maybe, why don't we lift our eyes? Quit making excuses. And get busy in the labor in the fields for harvest. We need to see what he saw. He saw beyond the moment. He saw beyond the problem. Verse 11, she saw only the situation. She was hung up on religion. Well, you Jews, you don't have anything to do with the Samaritans. Samaritans worship in in the mountains and the Jews worship in Jerusalem. And Jesus looked beyond the religion and saw a lost soul on her way to hell. What about the harvest? Is it possible tonight that anyone could see what Jesus saw? You heard about the old man. I think it was Brother Pickett. Visited by his friend. Friend asked him, say, how's it going? He said, well, I think I'm, I'm losing my eyesight. Everything is just so blurry anymore. He said, I used to look out and see the birds and everything. And it just, just everything's blurry anymore. His friend said, wait just a minute. He went out and got a bucket and some water and a sponge. He'd come in, wash the windows cleaned up real good and he said now won't you look he said my God I can see like I always could so when the all dirty with the world comfort and 
commercialization, materialism, getting the job done, and our eyes now are so blurry, we can't see the harvest. Well, preacher, you don't understand. No, no, it's not me that needs to understand. It's the Lord we need to please, not me. Amen. I remember before I got in the ministry, the folks at my job just hated to see me come because if they wasn't saved, they said, now tell me, shut up. And I won more people of the Lord on my job than I did at my church. You see why? Because everybody at church is saved. Well, nobody saved my job. All of them are hellions and alcoholics and whoremongers. And if they hard in there, I just knew I had me a sinner on the line. You say, well, I don't do that. I, I know that. Your windows are dirty. You can't see the harvest because you, your windows are dirty. You look through windows of the world and windows of materialism, windows of accomplishment, windows of success. And Jesus said we need to lift our eyes and look under the harvest. You know why? Because they're white. People are dying every day without Christ. You know people who's not saved. You know people you give up on. Windows are dirty. We don't see what he saw. We're seeing what we see. Amen. Amen. You know how bad it worries me if you get mad at me. We need to feel what he felt. I'm done. But when he saw the multitude, Notice, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. He felt compassion. Could I ask you, is our feeling gone? Is it, have we become so polished and suave that we don't feel for people going to hell anymore. Amen. Where's the tears on Sunday morning for a visitor sitting down six or eight foot from us on a pew? Yeah. Where's the invite and the tears about our neighbor who might come if we ask them to come? Our working compadre. Now we go eat with them and we jaw with them. We fellowship with them. What, what's wrong with going to church with them? Is our windows dirty? If you can't see, you probably can't feel. Uh, there's been more effort to save 11 soccer player boys and had been put forth by any church I know of in the Metroplex to reach thousands of hell-bound sinners. 
more feeling, more compassion. Well, if your looking is gone, your feeling is gone. It's hard to have compassion on something you cannot see. Hmm? Yeah, you're, you're working with somebody that could drop off into hell next week. Yeah, you're paying somebody this week that could be dead and in hell next week. Your boss could be dead and in hell next week. John, I hope that's not true with you. Because <laughs> this brother Collins is huge. <laughs> I hope it's not true with brother Sean here. Do we see what he saw? How long has it been since you felt what he felt? Now I can remember. It's been a long time. But I honestly can remember bringing chicken fighters, coon hunters, rabble risers, bar fighters, the meanest of the mean, walking them into the Baptist church, setting them on the second row, and they to weep all the time the preacher's preaching and begging God to save this hell bounce. How long has it been since you looked and felt I did read, didn't I, that he that goeth forth weeping, barren precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing. Did I read that? Is the record dependable? Is it believable? What happened to our tears? It left with our feelings. When our windows got dirty, now we're looking through windows of materialism and laziness and comfort and complacency while the world goes to hell. Brag about what a good church we've got. In closing, what about the harvest? You know, the ones you're living with. And the ones you're working with. What about the harvest? The winds are blowing. Rains are coming. Winter will be here soon. And the harvest will be unharvestable. You know what I'm talking about? In closing, what about the harvest? Do you appreciate somebody caring for you? We send over a hundred missionaries around the world and let Joshua die and go to hell. What about the harvest? You say, well, I'll pray somebody else will do it. What's wrong with you?
I mean, what's wrong with us? I'm 79 years old. I probably can't reap like I used to, but I ain't gonna lay down and let people die and go to hell just because I'm getting old. Who's gonna, who's gonna fill in? I, I, I just think we need to see what he saw, feel what he feels, do what he did. The Bible said he went everywhere preaching the gospel and healing the sick. Amen? I said amen. Well, you say, you need to yell and scream like you used to. I can't. I'll pass out. And the Bible said, and he went, verse 35, Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching and preaching the gospel. Jesus' interest was the harvest. People. Men, women, boys and girls. Red, yellow, black and white. Rich, poor. He was interested in people. Poor people. Rich people. I started this church years ago and it began to grow. Preachers got jealous. Said all of Margaret got down there is coon hunters and rednecks. Started building, building, buying properties. Well, I could too if I had many millionaires that Wolfenbarger's got. Millionaires don't build churches. Rednecks and coon hunters don't build churches. God builds churches through volunteer labor. God builds churches through people who don't think they're so good that they can't go soul winning. Are you listening to me tonight? Just before we go home, would you answer me the question? What about the harvest? 9.38 a.m. Okay. Ginger, did you shock me? Nine thirty eight I woke you up, didn't I? Nine thirty-eight AM. Lord, if we're gonna reach the harvest, please send laborers in your harvest. Nine thirty eight PM. I'm not going to ring again. I don't think I could. It hurt my back. Lord. I'll let the harvest, harvest will have to go now. I hurt myself. I can't even go to the field. 9.38 p.m. Lord, we sure need some laborers in your heart. What about the harvest? What are you going to do about the harvest? A preacher, I don't know anything. That is a prime 
suspect. That way I don't have to unteach you if you don't know anything. You are a prime suspect to help read the heart.